Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. TSB, talk sport and business. Talk 100.3. Well, our next guest is going to be joining us uh, for the full hour. We're looking forward to it from Fakir University Hospital. It's Ask FUH. And our guest is going to be Dr. JSA Janica, who is the specialist obstetrician and gynecologist. Doctor, thank you very much for joining us on Talk 100.3. I think I should thank you for inviting me here. No, no, we to we, share my experience. Look, you, you're in here and you're talking to two. Well, you know, Neely's married, but the two of us, and <laughs> we need all the help we can get about this this topic in terms of you know birthing and the experience. Why is birthing at uh, FUH an experience like no other for families in the UAE? Mm, I should say that FUH, we are a new, we are a baby in UAE now, and we've been growing very fast. I think I think it's like a team effort and the vision of our CEO, you know, because we have plans for the next years to come. And the mm-hmm. basic point, the foundation for us is patient care. So we have made it a point for us to listen to patients and we have started building up our team in that way. So starting from the base, you know, the person even inviting you at the doorstep to the nurses, to our basic staffs, mm-hmm. to the doctors. So we see that we try to keep up to the patient and try to look into even the smallest things that could help them, you know, change right. their perspective of a hospital. Because when you look into a hospital, you always think of needles and white coats. Yeah. And especially for us, because ours is a very, very sen- sensitive um, mm-hmm. situation for most of the couples because they come for something, um, I think it's a lifetime experience for them, birth. And uh, for me, basically through the years, even though I'm an obstetrician, I had to unlearn what I learned, you know, mm-hmm. because years we start changing what was taught to us. Right. So that's where the thought of having a talk on positive birth experience came up today, because I think that's what's lacking now. Mm-hmm. It's not about natural birth. It's to have that experience, a positive birth, so that it helps some woman to change into transit into a next level motherhood. Yeah, it's a very interesting point that you made over here that, you know, you had to learn a lot that you studied, that you trained, practiced to what it is now. What are those changes, if you could let us know, so that, you know, we understand and probably our listeners also try and understand if, if they are in a process of, uh, you know, parenting. See, as we know, birth has been there from the time mankind was there. True. 
so we don't have to be taught mm-hmm. but with time you know there were uh, times when you know home births were the norm before but they found that things were not working so well because at that time we were in a different part of a uh, cultural civilization mm-hmm. growth where you know the nutrition was different the environment was different that time but now we've changed we've bettered ourselves we've corrected all that right. so there was a transition so early part we were experimenting you know mm-hmm. to ch- make birth better and better that's how we changed from home births because we wanted to bring down mother and child mortality and morbidity because Makes there sense. was more deaths in home births because there was bleeding we didn't have the medicines so that's how we changed to hospital births but mm-hmm. what's happened now is we are bound by protocols we are bound by all these rules so there in the hospital instead of having that normal environment it slowly became a medicated birth mm-hmm. so when i was when we started our career we were taught all about obstetrics obstetrics is all about you know um, cutting pulling the and all that part of it, and uh, in my career when we started we always saw women lying down we used to tell them to push for the babies but now we've started undoing all this some mm-hmm. of us Wait, so women don't push anymore you don't ask you don't need to ask them to do that you just have to practice certain things like that's where certain um countries they've started adopting alternative birth practices like mm-hmm. hypnobirth they go for lama so it's all always, always a mind hypnobirth what does the magician come oh. in and look into my eyes look into my <laughs> eyes that is that's what you mistake hypnobirth is about keeping your mind calm and so that the woman is in control of herself because mm-hmm. what happens basically in our body is you have two types of nervous system you have a sympathetic that's the fear factor you know because when i that's try to that's the fight or flight part yes, of it yes so it's like when i look at you i stare at you crush or i look at you neil and you think oh is this person intimidating me so right. your body starts producing some hormones it's called adrenaline hmm. so adrenaline tenses you up right. you want to fight someone so it prepares you for a fight so here if a person comes to the hospital and then you know she's in a tense situation she's going to close herself down that's right you have the parasympathetic the other side which makes you relaxed so you need to balance these mm-hmm. two so that's where hypnobirth comes in so we believe that fear causes you to have tension and when you're tensed you have pain and you're stressed yes and when you're stressed you try to sh- go into yeah. your shell you don't open out and that's when you see labor getting you know delayed right. or the person who comes in very happy so getting changed once they mm-hmm. come to the hospital so we want you to build that happy hormones Right. So we have the basic hormone for women for childbirth or when you're happy we produce oxytocin. Oxytocin, yes. So when a woman can produce it naturally, then you don't need any medicines. Right. So this is the idea behind natural or what you call as normal or un- uncomplicated birth. Mm-hmm. So so what do you do run sex in the city marathons the whole time? How do you keep the women happy when they're in there? You can buy a chocolate. Yeah. There <laughs> more than that there are six different ways. There's aromatherapy, there's you know, even a smile, you know, even an appreciation and someone yeah. tells you you're doing great she might be there laboring and then you know she just wants someone to tell that's where the uh, thought of you know hypnobirth having a birth partner all this comes in you know so what i feel is it's time we moved on because now we have hospitalized birth so mm-hmm. you can hospitalize birth but you can humanitize it you can change right. it to make her feel better because we are strangers i'm not a stranger for my patient but when she comes in she's going to see all strange faces you know Makes from sense. the nurse from the reception so this is where i think we need to start making that change to make the person confident you you, you mentioned how you, we've got to get away from the home births into the hospital is it as simple as saying people were wanting to do home births because it was the fear factor of going into the hospital and we've got to try and educate people that know it's it's safest for you and for your child to be in a hospital 
See, we cannot be biased because there are a lot of persons trying home births, especially in UK and all that. Because uh, in UK, it's all basically the practice is based on not uh, private practice. It's based on public practice. Mm -hmm. So they have a system where there's a government system called the NHS. So right. everything's run by it. So what happened is that women, because of the overload there, once they go in there, they were not getting the right kind of care. Mm -hmm. And they felt that somewhere they needed that care, not about you being pushed, you do the labor and things. So a very low risk patient who is like normal, you don't need to have this extra support from us. That's a person who, if she's really prepared, you know, because some of them come and tell me, I need to have a natural birth. I want to deliver, doctor. Mm -hmm. So what are you going to deliver? I mean, you need to make a practice to make it normal. So right. the idea behind a natural birth is the patient holds the key. Mm -hmm. And we are just there to support the patient. So if a patient needs a home birth, it's her decision, but she needs to look into whether she has any other risk factors. Makes sense. Like things with diabetes, high blood pressure, previous baby where they had an issue during the mm -hmm. labor. These are the patients who would do better in a hospital setting than in a home setting. But then, uh, you know, th there is still a massive fear factor when it comes to cesarean. You know, psychologically, people have been of the idea that, hey, normal birth, normal labor is better than cesarean. Uh, is there is there and we want to ask you because you're, you're the one who's probably been there you know seen so many kids come out uh, how how difficult or how challenging is it for a mother and a baby uh, in the cesarean process see the whole thing starts with your emotional mm -hmm. preparation so when a patient comes for a natural birth you know sometimes the patient just has one plan with her. That is a plan A, where I'm going to the hospital, I'm going to have my baby, and I'm going to come back, and right. everything's going. It's like what you read sometimes, you know. And sometimes what you read in your Google, you need to unlearn that also. Oh, because yeah. what happens is that things can change. Because Absolutely. labor, being uncomplicated, can change. Depends mm -hmm. on the baby, especially the baby's position. Because nowadays we've changed from the old norm of, you know, your posture, your sitting, your habits of sleep. So all this has started making the baby's positioning in the wrong way. Okay. So this is one of the reasons where even we might tell the patient like, yes, everything is good and we are going to have a normal birth. And, you know, things can just change mm -hmm. where the baby fails to rotate and doesn't descend. Oh, every, and every single birthday, my mother reminds me uh, that I came out the wrong way and, I, and, <laughs> That's I, interesting. and I had to be turned on every single contraction. Now, we always make fun that I've got a big head, right? right. So every Can birthday, my mother's always saying to me, every contraction, it just, it was so painful. <laughs> what, what do you want me to do, mum? I'm here. <laughs> no, see, this, this is what it is. And my reason to ask you was that because I am a cesarean baby. And and similarly, you know, I mean, Desi households, my grandmom used to say, my mom, not, my grandma was like, you are a cesarean baby. You are a And I was like, so what am I supposed to do? I mean, I've, I've grown up being a, a normal human normal, being and my yes, mom is absolutely yes. fit even now. So, I mean, does that really change anything or is this psychological? Is, and is that a cultural um, is that a cultural thing to be looked down upon because you're a cesarean baby? I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe yes. It, that's the thing. There's a pressure. That's the peer pressure that sometimes people live on telling like, I had a natural birth. I had a normal delivery where, you know, even in a natural birth, we could end up with problems. Mm -hmm. That's where preparation matters. Right. Because even for a normal natural birth, you need to start learning to relax because like you told me yeah. before when you're stressed you start closing down so what happens during labor is your womb is trying to open you out because the hormones want you to relax mm -hmm. so only then the womb can open to let your baby down so here what happens because of the fear you're tensed and you're allowing your body to produce adrenaline which cramps you right. down 
So your body wants to produce oxytocin, which makes you relax, and you're trying to shut it down by increasing your adrenaline. So both of this interact, and at last we end up during doing emergency C-sections because we end up seeing that the mother doesn't dilate after a mm. point. So this is where, like I told you, relaxing yourself, getting into antenatal classes so that you interact with everyone and you have a better idea. And you have to be open to normal, natural or C-sections. We've had beautiful cesareans where, you know, we've even done, I've even delivered the baby direct to the mother. Mm -hmm. So it's like you can do the skin to skin directly even when just like the normal birth. So it's all the mind, you know. But the thing is, this is why I told, I didn't, Ask the talk on natural birth. I asked about positive, positive birth experience birth. because it's about birthing your baby. So right. from the time you're going to carry this little beautiful angel inside till you're going to hold this baby, it's a journey for all of right. us. And then when I go into and read these talks, it's all about patients' experience. But, mm-hmm. you know, when I look at doctors also, the culture has changed. I'm we sure. are bound by rules. So I am the most responsible patient for person for my patient. So mm-hmm. I take the whole responsibility, but it needs to be shared now. Right. So when a woman decides to have a natural birth, she needs to let us in. And then we need to share responsibility because like when everything goes well, it's like an easy sale. But if something goes wrong, so that's when you need to communicate with your patient and we need to have a trust. So I always believe in building that trust between the couple and me. Right. You you know, while, while while talking about positive birthing, you also mentioned a point where you said there are antenatal uh, classes that, you know, couples go through. Uh, I, I wasn't aware of this till I actually watched it on a show called How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious, you know, I mean... See, antenatals, not, that's not where you learn the breathing techniques, is it? Yeah, Think I mean... Of- <sighs> The, the, breathe, the that, breathing that's techniques. That's over-breathing. We, we want you to relax. <laughs> oh, okay, relax. We have the relaxing breath, you know? I've, I've watched too many TV shows. <laughs> that so. is hyperventilating. Okay. You know, you're going to push carbon dioxide to your baby. <laughs> so that's one of the reasons we practice two types of breathing in hypnobirth. It's called an up-breathe, where they, you're just relaxing. And there are affirmations we mm-hmm. tell you. But this is a practice. It takes months for you to prepare. Right. You know? So you need to tell yourself, like, my body is ready. I know how to labor mm-hmm. my baby and how I'm going to breathe. So you have to just practice these breathings and like you asked me before yeah. uh, do you need to push the baby no you can just breathe your baby down that's what we call like the down breathing right. so it's all about practice and then it's a some of the patients even if I tell them about these things you know the conviction is not there they just mm-hmm. believe you know maybe I would or maybe I wouldn't but I've seen those patients having beautiful births when they've really got them, themselves into hypnobirth mm-hmm. because they get into a dejavud and they don't look into pain right. pain is no more there when there is pain, there's hurt. And when True. there is hurt, you always try to shrink back. And then then, then starts the whole journey of all this adrenaline, the heartbeat changes, etc. Well, this is a very, very interesting point that you're making over here, considering Thank the fact you. that, you know, there are just so many aspects to, you know, what could technically be just one uh, part of the human life cycle to actually make it a positive experience altogether because that that's what it said, right? Motherhood exactly. is probably the most amazing experience for any human being. Not only the most amazing, it could scar a woman for life because Fair point. you could have someone, you know, being like abusive to her yeah. during her birth and she wouldn't be, but it scars her because then comes the fear. Mm-hmm. There are so many women that I know that they stopped having babies after the first one because of that scar, the fear. Sure. It's all that fear. Another point, it's not about just practicing breathing. The mother needs to look after herself, her Mm -hmm. body, her diet. Because that's what we see nowadays. Because, you know, diet is lacking these days. So for us, diet is all about fast food, you know, processed food. So you need to make a religious change. Because it is like a holistic thing that you need to consider. Mm -hmm. Birth is nothing like... 
it's something spiritual like that because it's it's a bless blessing i should say because True. there are so many people struggling there to get pregnant mm, sure. so i think when you are blessed you should consider that and when you consider that then you don't require to be medicated we've been talking about positive birthing experience uh, for families simply put sometimes when uh, you, you you come in for childbirth are men sometimes more nervous than women and they need reassurance sometimes more than the females of course <laughs> the classes begin from our antenatal so we have a program in fuh you know mm-hmm. where the husband the couple it's for basically the husband and wife and it's done free mm-hmm. it's uh, divided into four weeks where one is about birthing one is about breastfeeding one is about postnatal care so it's basically now we focus on the partner because okay. he is a basic caretaker right. so i usually tell my patients your husband is your doula take make yeah. use of him because because yeah, so. we're saying here Neil has his knowledge about uh, from how I met your mother I remember watching a film where Arnold Schwarzenegger had a baby you know as a kid <laughs> i mean how much is what tv and movies given us a negative influence yes. on what really goes on because sometimes you know they they cut short the whole process of labor because yeah. they cannot show the whole process Obviously, and yeah. see because we sell something that's always good hmm. because that's the memory we like to take because when sometimes you know you have these memories of you know the mother is all smiling and the baby comes out so when they really experience birth it's not that that's right. when it scars them because you have a different concept okay i'm going to have this birth and you don't get that treatment mm-hmm. so that's where you need to know that reality so antenatal classes really helps conducted by our midwives and so they touch the basics they tell about labor the stages so the mother knows how long it could take because right. sometimes it could take a day for them to deliver so mm-hmm. you need the support because this was a study conducted in nhs and they found that support from the partner it couldn't be anyone it could be your husband it could be your doula it could be your midwife or it could be anyone your friend or someone mm-hmm. so that support helped women to deliver Right. So support throughout labor because if you look centuries back labor was something like you know like uh, not even a family issue it was like the whole village issue you know women come in help everyone so right. that feeling was there of home and but mm-hmm. now we all live in small families we have just couples alone so sometimes if the couple is not confident i think it would be good for them to employ a doula who could help them through the process to understand labor mm-hmm. and birth so we're talking about a, a doula that's a professional sort of Birthing yeah, it's assistant. a birth assistant. Yes, right. No, in fact, a friend of mine, you know, he and his wife very recently, uh, you know, became parents. This this guy, you know, he before before he uh, his wife got pregnant would be out and about chilling with us and you know spending a lot of time with his friends and stuff. From the time he got to know that you know that they're, they're pregnant, spent a lot of time with the wife. Okay uh started bringing in you know uh, positive movies to watch together instead of the normal action movies that we used to love watching together as friends you know he was like listen you guys are not coming home it's because changed. you changed yeah <laughs> he changed and you know I, mean, i i was like listen you've you've changed a lot bro i mean this is not fair he's like this is what we've been told to do and i was like so there there is a process that's coming in where parents are told or to be parents are told on what to do what to watch what to listen to the kind of music that you know they of listen course, to in the house yes. changed so does does all of these things also impact the baby and uh, you know the the labor process definitely uh-huh. so it's a process which starts early from the first visit i start telling patients start with breathing 
Okay. Because like when you breathe, it's oxygen. So in the yogic culture, we have, you know, all this two types of sympathetic parasympathetic. That's mm. where we have the breathing. That the, base start, the basic of hypnobirthing is all about that. Mm -hmm. So when you start breathing, the baby requires the oxygen from the mother. Right. Because usually the babies, only after birth, the lungs are open. So that's why the babies cry, to open mm -hmm. up the lungs. So otherwise, it's a mother who breathes for the baby. Okay. So the concept about natural birth now is like, you know, once the baby is delivered, you put the baby onto the mother's chest. Why? Because the baby understands the heartbeat. The heartbeat. Yeah. So that's the pulsation that they feel. So ideally, from the fourth month, that is 16 weeks, the baby starts understanding, you know, touch, pulsations. And that's when the mother has to sink in. So mm -hmm. start. I just tell my patients, just sit for some time, 10 minutes at least. Take away your phone. You should not be disturbed. So just breathe with the baby, touch your belly. So just speak. That's when the baby starts listening to you, even for your labor. Mm -hmm. There have been so many stories of mothers telling that I spoke to the baby to come on a particular day and the baby <laughs> listened. Yeah. And babies change position. That sounds like it, something my mom would say. <laughs> yeah. It is. It's sometimes, you know, see, I was not like this. I was a basic obstetrician 10 years back. So mm -hmm. I had the I think it was a grace that I had the benefit to watch a lady. She had her birthing, the first one in UK, mm -hmm. and um, the next one was with us. So she was very quiet during her labor. And I was surprised because she was not crying. She was relaxed. She had this music. So we have, a, because this gives you the vibration, because mm -hmm. you're not looking into pain. It gives you, a, what do you call? We do not call labor contractions as pain. It's called as surges because pain is a memory for us from the childhood. Pain brings about wrong ideas. Right. So she was so quiet. So after a delivery, I just asked her, what were you doing? You didn't want anything. No pain med medication. You didn't like shout. You didn't ask for us to help you out. Then she said, I, I was practicing hypnobirth. That's mm -hmm. when I got interested. So this is something out of birth. Then I started getting into certain books. And I think every woman should read that book because the person who started innovating birth was Dr. Reed. Mm -hmm. So there is a book, Labor Without Fear. So okay. that's when things started. Then there were certain midwives like Ina from U.S. because U.S. had a very highly medicated birth. Mm -hmm. Every woman was given, not epidural spinals, every baby was delivered by forceps. I was so surprised because if you look now, U.S. has got the very, the it's a developed country, but still maternal care is poor there. Mm -hmm. Maternal mortality. Well, the health systems always, you yes. know, we always look upon it with so, a... So <laughs> I think I always tell my patients, you are blessed to be here in Dubai. So make use of us because we have this facility and we always abide by the rules and we, we it's right, much yeah. better here. So, but then the practice starts from the time the baby is inside. So once you step up these practices, by the time you reach your 40 weeks, you are already ready to embrace your nice. newborn. And that's, that's a blessing for us to see, you know, how the mother changes. Once the baby comes to the hand, you know, she's a transformed person. Some of the ladies, I've seen them to be so bright and glowing once they hold the baby onto your hands. Yeah, some of my friends, uh, when they've had babies, they always get that first photo. And my friends never have any, their shirts open. Yes. And I was like, I know you've been to the gym, mate, but you don't need, <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to show everyone how ripped you are now. That, why do they do that? Is that the heartbeat? What's the reason that, that you want to see dads have that photo with the baby on the bare chest? Because this is the same thing, the skin to skin. Okay. So that, you know, the child understands. So the mother first initially mm -hmm. and then the baby so that the baby understands the first vibration from the parents okay so now what this is this is interesting see for, for all of much. us it was like you know what what media gives us what social media gives very us much. but there's a very different uh, perspective to the entire process over here that you mentioned and 
I'm I'm sure that you know like you mentioned that they they come to you for the first time when they for the first test uh, and then then there are series of you know um, as we would say the the ultrasounds and electronic yes. tests but uh, you know multiple exposures to uh, these electronic tests is it is it scary is it something that affects the baby or the mother uh, because i i know quite a few people who don't want to go and get those multiple checkups done because they fear that you know no there there are some rays that are going through and probably it might just harm the baby See, ultrasound has been there from 1950s. It's been the most studied mm-hmm. of our um, the new technology. Right. So it has no harm because it's just electrical waves which we convert in. So sometimes I even tell my patients, you know, if you feel, you know, some of them are anxious, is my baby moving well, or the baby's movements are reduced. I even tell them, put on a song onto mm-hmm. your phone and just keep it onto your belly. Make your baby listen to the song. It's the same thing. Okay. These are just vibrations. So there is no radiation there. Mm-hmm. We even stepped up doing MRIs now. Only okay. thing we don't use any injections because there are certain patients who require that. So these are not radiations. Mm-hmm. what we worry about is ionizing radiation which could change the ions inside okay. so these are just electrical energy changing so what we worry about x rays maybe about 15 to 20 one or two x rays doesn't cause harm mm-hmm. but whenever we require we always use shield so that it protects the baby right. so the theoretical risk is there but clinically we see very minimal more than that what i feel at this point of our century i think mm-hmm. we need to be careful about infections because that's coming up more because we've seen covid we've right. seen influences most of our patients you know throughout pregnancies they end up using medication antibiotics infections so you don't you need to be careful about virus i think our question has just come through on 0586861003 our doctor what was the name of that book that you just mentioned nadeem wants to know that was labor without fear fear yes, yes. doctor reed And Dr. Reid yeah. is the book that that's the recommended reading and I think uh, for us blokes probably need to do all the reading we can. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> and, and, and they can read books on hypnobirthing, you know, the hypnobirthing book because and they could get into because now there are a lot of online classes to mm-hmm. prepare you for birth. So I think we are living in a very lucky era because COVID changed all of us. We've become all into Zoom conferences and more of the classes are available, you know, right. for most of us now. Oh, this, is, this is really good. Uh, well, how, how, how has, has COVID-19 affected um, pregnancies or, or birthing in terms of medication or, or the impact that it has on hormones? Uh, not on hormones, but uh, when the COVID was on the peak, we had a lot of issues because that was like, you know, every individual were, was positive. Now you have a herd yeah. immunity. but still we have seen babies having complications during labor mm-hmm. related to the placenta because sometimes the placenta is like a warrior right which prevents any infection or anything getting into the baby but sometimes unfortunately the uh, barrier is crossed and the mm-hmm. baby gets infected so not the real infection what i say but the mild one where it could manifest mm-hmm. while the woman is in labor okay. in the form of birth pa- i mean the breathing patterns changing mm-hmm. resulting in emergency cesareans this was what we noticed few mm. months back you know you're right i mean but i'm 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 sure that one thing that covid definitely changed was the number of pregnancies increased didn't they of course what, what, keeps what our hand busy what was that near? everyone was in lockdown oh, yeah, yes course, come on. we were very we were the busiest i think after <laughs> that sure. you know yes when, when you, you you do a lot of work certainly at the uh, the university the fakir university hospital uh, culturally when it comes down to having the partner and the husband in the room what cultural changes have you seen over the years because we were discussing off air previous generation my grandfather was proud of the fact 
didn't have to go in there. He used to <laughs> he used to sit outside. Uh, but now it's so different. You want to share that experience, don't you? This is the modern way we do it. Yes, and I think the men have changed mm-hmm. because now they want to be part of the labor. You know, they want to support the wife, and it's it's very yeah. different. They are more forthcoming because when I speak to them about exercise and about all this breathing practice, they are more interested. Mm-hmm. I think, and so basically, it, they are the one who support them at home. So it's it's not like oh, it, this is the women's job. Yes. Let them do it. Things. I'll sit out and chill. Do you have any influences wanting to do reels during the childbirth? <laughs> 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 it's happening. It'll come. It'll yes, come. Oh, man, I, I tell you. No, but then, you know, a lot has changed in, in recent times. Medical, uh, you know, med- medicine has definitely evolved from what it was to what it is today. Uh, though there is one section of the population that has challenges when it comes to conceiving uh, and then definitely, you know, going ahead with labor. And that is the set of people who have PCOS, PCOD. You know, th- this, this definitely disrupts the menstrual cycle uh, and also you know conceiving how how can one tackle that you know if if that is a challenge that comes through pcos has been a lifestyle change mm-hmm. was not there i think it started when it was like when i was starting our career t- when i was studying 1980s where mm-hmm. at that time we knew nothing about pcos and right. we used to do surgeries i've seen mm-hmm. you know we used to cut the ovaries off because it was cystic so they right. thought it's a disease okay. it's no more a disease it's something that falls into a metabolic syndrome mm-hmm. so everything starts like i might be diagnosed with pcos when i'm quite r- young or maybe when i'm 25 but all that process has been happening inside you for the past 10 or 15 years okay because now if you look into kids you know we have everything wrapped in uh, plastic the chocolates oh. So from the birth mm-hmm. we have been exposed to plastic and all these things so this has been a change through through years so right. whenever i see a patient i tell pcos is not something what you see in the ovaries now it's been a change that's happening internally okay. so you need to make that effort to make that change mm-hmm. so most of these women struggle with weight because they are slow burners they might eat very small portion but they tend to put on weight because their metabolism slows so that's where something called insulin resistance comes up right So we need to cut down carbs. Mm-hmm. And PCOS is still, you know, complicated for us because things keep on changing because like I told you earlier, we follow protocols. So they do research, they keep on changing. Mm-hmm. So 10 years back I would have told glucophage for everyone. Now no. Right. So you have its lifestyle change. And you need to it's like lifelong. Right. It's not about doing things now. No, true. So now we change into looking into the small part of PCOS. We look into the long term. Mm-hmm. because it causes diabetes high blood pressure cholesterol and in pregnancy your increased risk for gestational diabetes high blood pressure again and your bmi could increase so a pcos patient needs to be aware of these changes so that when she embarks into pregnancy she keeps her body weight right Right. And so get into this practice even before you conceive. And I've seen so many of my PCOS. Initially they struggle the first pregnancy mm-hmm. after they conceive and they deliver. The second one just happens. Okay. They might not even know because it's been an irregular period and I've seen patients coming right. at 4 months, 5 months pregnant. Really? Oh, because okay. the stress has gone off. Right. Because before that they are like, can I do it? Will I become yeah. pregnant? And then they read all this it causes infertility. So you need to start believing. Mm-hmm. And then in case it's difficult there are treatment options now available so science has changed we need to take the good of the science right. the one thing i see now is that the stress has increased because we are flooded with information and when you read something sometimes i get so scared when i read certain sites you know mm-hmm. oh do you get i get scared every time i read dr google that's the whole <laughs> very thing very much I, i get scared because i go read because i need to know what my patient is reading right, yeah. how and sometimes then i can tell i can relate to them mm-hmm. 
and then I tell them, but there are very good sites, you know, because there are patient information leaflets for most of the big hospitals. So if they go into the right sites, they know what things are. Makes sense. And then, you know, medicine is about an individual. So you are different. What I could prescribe for you is different than what could be for yeah, obviously. an expert. So. Obviously. Well, it's, it's a, you know, I think you're lucky that you're not a woman because the <laughs> amount of chocolate you would eat, Neil. Oh, my God. <laughs> Men <laughs> have a better metabolism. So that's one yeah, thing. I was, I was just about to say this. You know, I burn them out every single yes. day, Kate. No, but then, you know, why Why I asked this question was because uh, I'm a strength and conditioning coach and I, I you know, I have a few clients who, who are, uh, you know, who have this condition of PCOS and the the only way that I've been able to manage them is, like you mentioned, reducing their carbs and their nutrition and at the same time ensuring that they work out at least four to five days yes. a week. And we've seen fantastic results because of which, you know, uh, you know, the, the, the cycles have been regular. They've been exactly. feeling fitter. They've not been gaining weight. Their BMIs have been in control. And if these are the only two factors that we have to manage, it, it is life. Life could be so much simpler and better. But the challenge is that it's a lifestyle change. Yes. Not everyone is willing to do that. Not everyone wants to eat controlled, you know, portions, portions and the right amount of food and, you know, reduce their carbs. They have their cravings. They want to eat everything. And, and most of them drop out because... Exactly. Like, it, it, it is, it is, it's, is, is, it's it a is it a proven fact, cravings? We, we, it yeah. is for, for women who are pregnant? Yes, of course. It is. Okay. I mean, it's, it's, cravings are normal for human beings. Cravings, I crave for chocolates every day. Cravings are normal. But, you know, <laughs> if you exercise, you have the positive hormone because that's what yes. they found. You need to start your day. You could just go for a mild exercise because it's going to step up your serotonin and your yeah. hormone. So if you do these, you know, you know how to balance. True. Portion size, very important, important, I tell them. And another thing, a trick which I tell them to do is out of seven days, five days, eat right. Two days here, there, Enjoy. nothing happens. Yeah. Your body can metabolize. But... Five days bad yeah. and two days right doesn't work doesn't at all. Help. Doesn't help. No, so you need right. to be focused. So that do you need to be medicated for PCOS? No. no. Otherwise, we are with hormones. We give hormones for bleeding. We give hormones for all this. So the patient needs to realize. So some of them, with time, they understand, and then they can be out of hormones. A quick question, and since we're on this Please. topic, uh, does soy milk help in regulating the menstrual cycle in PCOS? They're not such studies because soy mm -hmm. is what we look into for estrogen. Right, yeah, exactly. So all these conditions are high in estrogen. Mm -hmm. Like the all the processed food, all those rich food which we eat is basically rich in estrogen. Which, see, if you look into interior Africa or those developing countries, there's nothing like PCOS because mm -hmm. they don't have these access it to It is the stress-related... Uh, stress and your, yeah. your lifestyle, lifestyle habits um, and your food habits. Yeah, because the, the rumor going around was uh, a lot of women in Japan weren't getting menopause because of the soy in their diet. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, it keeps the estrogen levels high. It keeps. Yeah. So you can balance it. See, the thing is, they have been exposed to this from the time they're born. Yeah. So I'm new. I'm 35 and I start taking soy every day. So you can it's stick on to one. Good. It's okay, but not mm -hmm. excess. Not like four glasses per day. Right. It's about one or two. Doesn't one matter. Two, yeah. So everything in moderation. That's one thing. Uh, we were just discussing off air uh, the modern rise of the cesarean section. W what percentage of people are coming in saying, I'm a busy working mum, I'm not a Jamira Jane, I need to have a baby on this date and get the cesarean. H how does the medical fraternity look upon women that are wanting to pick the day that they want to have their child? If it's an elective cesarean, but now I've seen the trend going down. Like mm -hmm. I told, see, one the, once a patient comes, you get her into the picture of this natural birth and all that. It's very, very I mean, it's a change that we are seeing now. 
So it's basically for the elective C-sections. That is sometimes, you know, you have the first C-section and then they opt for the second. That's when I've, I've had very few patients asking for an electives. Okay. Most of them would like to try normal. And sometimes when normal is not possible, they're not happy. So that's what we see nowadays. But otherwise, the cultural changes are there, especially for us sometimes, you know, the star, the time, all that. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I think it's quite... And sometimes those fancy numbers. Oh, yeah. First Jan or those dates with, you know, also, two, two, also, also they're strong into numerology. So they're wanting a, a baby on a certain date. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. They want a number one baby or a number six baby so that that baby could become like could a Bollywood change. superstar. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And sometimes those uh, the dates like two Feb twenty two that was fancy for them two two right, two yeah. twenty two. Oh, I remember the weddings that were happening on a Tuesday this year and I couldn't oh, I know, work yeah. out why. And then I realized oh it was two two yeah, two, it two, was, two two. It was a Tuesday <laughs> yes. as they called it. Yeah. yeah. So this fancy. So if, if anyone wants to come in, we know that you've got a birthing experience there at at FUH. Uh, tell me more about the labour delivery and the recovery room because you've sort of got them all in one, don't you? Yes, we have put everything together because the woman ne- needn't be transferred. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, into the labour ward, there's another phase there. After that, you're pushed into the postnatal and the baby's looked after by someone else. So we have the whole package together. And our midwives are very much trained. And see, when I was in my previous places, I had this thought, I need to do this. But it's in Faki that I could practice this. And I thank my midwives because we have a midwife and um, I, I should I really thank Ms. Yana because she's focused and got all her midwives mm. together. So I'm able to grow because of them. Right. Because see, I could just come in once in a while. So it's they who take care of the mm-hmm. patient. So And the comfort zone is high because most of them who had births elsewhere, they really appreciated our midwives. Nice. So mm-hmm. I think that matters because they're seeing the same person. You're not being transferred. Mm-hmm. You're not being wheeled out Makes because sense. sometimes you just deliver. And you know, within two hours, you're put into <sighs> a, a chair and then you're taken out through the whole corridor. There are a lot of people sitting outside the labor ward looking at you, waiting for the other birds. So I think this is comfort, you know, Mm -hmm. it's your privacy. So you're like in your own room. Makes sense. It makes your own room, you know. People are really sad to leave us, in fact. (laughs) Oh, I I, I, I remember I've I've got one friend, Rick and Elise, and Elise elected to stay in hospital for an extra couple of days because she didn't want to have to deal with her husband. So she said, keep me in as long (laughs) as possible. (laughs) True. So that's what we see in now and, uh, this is a good thing if, if this happens but then uh, before they come in for labor you know I'm sure that there are a certain number of tests that they have to perform certain number of visits that they need to come and uh, you know do with checkups w- what is what are those things that you would normally prescribe or this test that one should definitely do uh, you know one, one, when they are in that process of uh, pregnancy this is all our protocols. You mm-hmm. know? So when a patient comes and we do the basic workup for okay. the hemoglobin, for the blood group, especially because all this matters if it's positive or negative. Okay. And the viral markers, of course, the mm-hmm. HIV, hepatitis, because these are written as protocols for every hospital. Right. And we have guidelines to follow. Mm-hmm. And after that, we have something called a gestational diabetes screen. Mm-hmm. So depending on the patient, okay. ethnicity, because sometimes it's very high in Middle East and Indian populations. Right. And so and family history, of course. So mm-hmm. if there's a history like that, we try to do the sugar testing early. Okay. Otherwise, we have very minimal testing. And at nice. the end, like into the last trimester, we would take a vaginal swab mm-hmm. to rule out a particular infection, which doesn't harm the baby right. as such. But we see one or two babies out of thousand being affected. So mm-hmm. it's that one of two we need to prevent. Makes sense. So, and then if the mother is all prepared, we even allow for a natural, it's it's all for the lowest that we could allow for a water birth, you know, mm-hmm. because she doesn't require monitoring. She doesn't require any external help from us. Right. 
But with diabetes, with high blood pressure, these are into the risk patients. Sure. They need to be monitored. Their baby needs more care from mm-hmm. us. So that's where we step in more. Right. And and you mentioned about the blood group. So does blood group also affect, uh, you know, uh, the, the labor, the process or anything? Not or at all. Or it's nothing? Not, it's just for us for a prophylaxis because okay. years back, even the mother was negative. Mm-hmm. There was no prophylaxis. So now we have an anti-D which we give. It's an injection okay. to neutralize because you do not know whether the baby's blood group is positive or negative. Okay. So this testing, if the mother is negative and the husband is negative, it stops. You don't need any injection because both mm-hmm. of them are negative. Right. So there's nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. So baby is going to be negative. So if the dad is positive, then we think of giving an immunization okay. onto the eighth month so that it neutralizes any antibodies inside. All right. And after birth, we check the baby again. And if the baby is positive, the mother gets another shot because it's during labor that the blood of the mother and the baby could interact. Okay. And that could be in a system mm-hmm. where when she has the next baby, it could affect the other baby. Makes so sense. It, it fights the other baby cells mm-hmm. affecting the baby. So right. that's why we immunize. So now RH negative, that's what we call it, yep. is not a worry now. But mm-hmm. years back when this was not a yes, it was a worry. Yeah, I mean, when I was born, I, I'm, I'm in uh, O negative. Mm-hmm. And, and at that time, I, I'm sh- I'm, 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 I've been told that the doctors had to run around to get a few things done. Really? Because availability yeah. of blood banks. So we have yeah. asked that it's, it's much comfortable for us because years back, blood was so difficult. Yeah. So now we have blood banks, people are aware and then people are coming out. See, if there's an issue, you can just put it up in a Facebook or something mm, or true. put in a message and you have yeah. people coming and donating before it was not like that well thank you so much for coming in over the past hour uh, doctor I've got a feeling that uh, if we didn't stop it you'd go for the next two <laughs> <laughs> very true you ask you you touch some a subject very close to my heart you know so I can go on go on you know Look but amazing. I really thank you for giving me this opportunity because this is something I wanted women to come to know because mm-hmm. there is so much to do in labor I'm when sure. you're pregnant I always tell my patients, it's not about those vitamins you take, you know. That's something everyone can give you, anyone can. Mm. But something that you can make a change for yourself and show that change for your whole life. And and also, you mentioned so uh, early on about the idea of the positive birthing experience. And just as humans, you know, it's such an important part of our lives, the most important day, uh, that you're going to worry and you're going to stress. And to come to someone uh, like you at FUH to finally just speak to an expert and relax and realize we're here to help. Not only that, the positive birth of the mother gives us the positive experience also, because otherwise, you know, we also get stressed. So it's a calming birth. You know, it's so quiet and peaceful during those births. Even the midwives, all of us are like in peace. And once a baby comes out, it's like a festival. It's like a joy, you know, really. It's like, it's really exciting. (laughs) Well, uh, thank you very much again for coming in. Uh, Dr. J.C. Janica, the specialist obstetrician and gynecologist. This has been Ask FUH. Thanks to the Fakir University Hospital. Uh, If you do want to get to any more details about their birthing experience, the program, the labour delivery and recovery room, whatever it is, uh, you can log on to the websites. Uh, for Fauquet University Hospital. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, thanks for listening to another TSB TalkSport Business Podcast. And don't forget, if you want to hear the full show, we're live every weekday from 3 to 7 p.m. across the UAE on Talk 100.3. Or you can listen to us via the Big Fan TV app.